Jenkins, Wilson, thank God you've come. Come in, sit down quickly. Uh, director, what's wrong? You're dripping sweat. And when was the last time you shaved? Never mind that, never mind. Gentlemen, what I'm about to tell you is considered top secret by the officers and board of Voyager Direct. Can I count on your discretion? Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, naturally, Director, 100%. Oh, I knew I could count on you. Top men, I told the board. Absolutely the best. Uh, we, we appreciate the vote of confidence, Director Clements, but please, tell us what has you so upset. All right, all right, all right. It seems that our internal marketing department has made a rather serious oversight with regard to researching the campaign you boys handled. Intellectual property violations? No, 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 Cultural no, insensitivity no. to an alien civilization? No, 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 no. Hiring unsanctioned no. underdeveloped species for craft services during commercial shoots? No, 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 it's the VD. The human race has had VD going back over a thousand years. We've had it all along, since the dawn of space travel. But, but I thought that the board of directors got VD in a reverse merger starfish split with Johnson's Tool and Big Bertha's Box. No, 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 no. VD used to stand for something else. Something unsavory. What? Like intellectual property violations? Or cultural oh. insensitivity to aliens? No, 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 no. Venereal disease. Ugh. A thousand years ago, VD meant venereal disease. Oh, oh, oh my. Ah, that is, um, that is unfortunate. Yes, yes, yes. So now the universe is slathered with Voyager Direct merchandise. There's VD everywhere. Oh, oh, oh God. The commercials, the jingles... Oh, the billboards! Uh, the, the company oh. will be a laughing stock at best, or a constant, unpleasant reminder of uncomfortable personal um right. So, what makes you think this thousand-year-old reference will make its way into the mainstream? Yeah, in- indeed. Surely, this connection is so obscure it's enough to remain unnoticed. Oh, you'd think, but unfortunately, I've got ED. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I've got ED marketing under surveillance. Oh, a little corporate espionage? Yes, and Empire Direct. ED is about to ruin our chances of spreading VD around. Oh, oh God, did you hear what I just said? Sorry, <laughs> uh, yeah, what? Yeah, um, ED has got you nervous, and you're worried about your company's performance? Empire Direct discovered this ancient connection and is right now producing a campaign centered around this old, decrepit abbreviation. I don't know how to stop them. Hmm. Do you think we should? Well, we could, but it's a little bit risky, don't you think? Boys, boys, boys. Anything you can do would be greatly appreciated. I believe in VD, and I know that VD has the chance to go viral, spread, <laughs> become an epidemic that infects the entire... You- oh, God. Oh, God, I've done it again. <laughs> Sorry, Director. Sorry. Apologies, oh, Director. God, it's terrible. You boys, you boys are doing nothing to harden my resolve. You boys must help me stiffen my defenses against ED. Uh, we definitely need to bring them in. Bring who in? Spill the beans already, boys. Well, Director, they're a little bit unorthodox, but there's some pirate—I I mean, consultants that helped out Wilson and I last month. My portrait thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me at Lagrange Point 4. This is Control, be radial, keep calm, and remain on the guard frequency.
Greetings, citizens and sis. You're tuned to the guard frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 35 and was recorded live on August 23rd and made available for download August 26th at guardfrequency.com. I'm Jeff. I'm Lennon. And I'm Tony. So what do we have this week, Tony? And this week's Squawk Box, my ranting kind of comes back to haunt me a little bit. In CIG News, we bring you everything that's happening around the UEE, including our weekly crowdfunding update, the latest in universe fiction, Around the Universe Episode 10, and even more news to come from Gamescom. In this week's Nuggets for Nuggets, we learn all about humanity's first friends as we talk about the Bennu. And finally, we tune into the feedback loop and let you join in the conversation. Sits and Sivs, we are always on the lookout for talented individuals to come and join the crew here at Guard Frequency. So if you've got a creative itch that needs scratching, then we would love to hear from you. Just drop us an email with your experience and what you'd like to bring to the table to squawk at guardfrequency.com. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K. Please remember that all the positions here at Priority One Productions are voluntary. This is, after all, a labor of love, but we do look great on a CV or resume. We've added a new feature to our website, guardfrequency.com. It's a donate button. After six months of clockwork releases, trips to Austin and L.A., and plans for Manchester once we get that uh, calendar figured out here, the occasional detour to lunacy, of course, well, we're finally confident enough that we need to set that hat on the sidewalk and wait for you to drop some loose change into it. Of course, we're happy to share our labor of love with you each week for free, but it's nice to get the occasional reminder that folks out there in the verse love listening to the show as much as we love making it. We thank everybody who's already chipped in and hope that you decide to make a regular contribution. The more support we get, the better show we make. Well, that takes care of the housekeeping, so let's get on to the show and see what's coming through the Squawk Box. Any of you boys need a carrier around here? Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. This is Tony saying, welcome to the Squawk Box, everyone. It, yeah, it never fails. I go on a sarcastic rant and fate, karma, divine retribution, whatever, just decides to show me who's boss. I really should just learn to keep my big mouth shut about this stuff, because there is the outside chance that I may have just jinxed SpaceX. On August 22nd, the private space launch company experienced its first catastrophic launch incident, according to CBS News. Now, as far as catastrophes goes, this one was pretty tame. The explosion only resulted in the loss of the rocket itself. No deaths or injuries resulted, and no cargo was destroyed. And according to the SpaceX press release, the test vehicle was, quote, particularly complex, pushing the limits of the vehicle further than any previous test, end quote. The company will be examining the flight data and determining what went wrong in the test, but this is bad timing, to say the least. Coming under congressional scrutiny at the same time as the world's relationship with the country that owns the only working space taxis are on the ropes, yeah, we could have done without this. But as any aviation or space enthusiast knows, you don't set tons of flammable chemicals ablaze in a narrow metal cylinder and expect everything to go right the first time you try it. The cool thing about failures is that they teach you so much if you survive them. SpaceX's F-9R test didn't go very well, but I suppose you could say it went as planned, though because the engineers built in a self-destruct mechanism if things went wrong. So, you know, there's that then. If you look at the entire history of space exploration and rockets, you know, from the early V2s, there's explosions everywhere. I mean, let's not forget the 1963 explosion of Apollo exploding on the launch pad when there were people in it. It's not without risk. It's not for the timid, uh, this whole space thing. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason they called it rocket science, Yeah, uh, Yes. Not something you can just do. It's not brain surgery. Yeah, Yeah, this is rocket science, not brain surgery, or my favorite, rocket surgery. And another quote from Elon Musk, the founder of SpaceX, is, 
because rockets are tricky. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. that's sort of an understatement, but, but yes, I think that that's the point. And, and as long as you keep trying and learn from your mistakes, you're going to get better. And again, this is one of the, yeah. this is one of the rockets that's supposed to go up and then come back down on its tail. One of those retro rocket things. So this is cutting edge stuff. This is brand new thing. So I think things are going to go boom every so often and we all need to not panic about it. It just was a bad time. Not only because of the congressional scrutiny and the troubles with Russia, but also because I had just went on a rant about how people need to not worry about this sort of thing. So that's really the and worst. That is part. the greatest tragedy. Yeah, here. truly, truly, yeah. the blow to my credibility as a part-time volunteer, unpaid podcaster. I mean, just uh, it's a stunning blow to that to that uh, reputation. Uh, I, I don't think you have much to worry really? about there, Tony. Because yeah, really, because oh. one, your reputation isn't all that good. And oh, two, <laughs> But uh, SpaceX will survive this. Yeah. And as long as they're not fraught with multiple explosions, you know, one after another, I believe that this is all in the interest of furthering their program and things will continue on. Yeah, it's the first, and according to CBS News, it's the first catastrophic failure. It's the first one where something went boom. It was like 10 seconds after launch. So it went boom pretty quick. Anyway, nobody hurt. No cargo lost. It was a test rocket that was pushing the envelope. Hey, this is going to happen. We'll keep looking forward to good things from them, though. Have you read, seen, or heard something you think might be interesting to other citizens or civilians? Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Now let's check out some CIG news. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, check your screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Our crowdfunding update for August 23rd, 2014, 51901000 By the time you guys get this episode on Tuesday, I'm betting you all will have earned that spiffy jetpack extravehicular activity kit that all the cool kids are wearing back to school this season. And once again, though, we'd appreciate it uh, if you guys would could get your contributions in by Friday so maybe we could get a new letter for the show. Just saying. Just saying. 532,000 plus citizens and making its debut on the front page, 441,000 members of the UEE fleet. Hmm, interesting. We shall discuss this momentarily. And in keeping with the new guy friendly vibe to the site's update, in two clicks from the landing page, you can buy your own Arena Commander pack for $45. Less than the cost of a typical AAA game gets you an Aurora spacecraft, beta access, Squadron 42, and Star Citizen downloads, and a thousand UEC to get started off right in the universe. Some other goodies are in there as well. But I wanted to take a minute and point out this whole citizens versus members of the UEE fleet. Now, do we know what that means? Does anybody do we does anybody figure out what that is? I have a guess. I, What's I, your guess? I was guessing too. So I'm gonna guess that there are five hundred and thirty two thousand people that have registered for the site that have, you know, put in an email address and gotten a sort of a, a handle. Uh. And I'm gonna guess that four hundred and forty one thousand people have bought some kind of ship. They've pledged for some kind of vessel. Whether or not they're actually in Arena Commander or not, uh, they have a ship waiting for them in the universe. I like, I like your bit better than mine. Well, all right. So we'll all just go with my guess then, right? Until someone tells us that I'm wrong. So send in feedback. Tell me if I'm right or wrong, if anybody knows. Yeah, well, unfortunately, you totally caught it last week, and we've broken through two stretch goal barriers this time. Both the 50 and the 51 million stretch goal marks have been just completely annihilated. So what does this mean? Well, firstly, we're going to get alien languages and a fully interactive star map. We also know what the next two stretch goals are. It's the jetpack at 52 million, and at 53 million, we'll be getting something pretty unique. An independent arbitrators guild, which is going to be a staffed position at CIG for taking care of player disputes in universe. Universe. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. What did you guys make of the Independent Arbiters Guild? 
I am curious. Okay. I'm very curious about this. And the reason is, is that this is all part of the pattern of Chris Roberts trying to make us live in 30th century Earth, you know, 30th century UE Empire. You're going to have disputes with your guild. You're going to have disputes with your organization, whatever. The, the guy at the top is a cheater. Uh, he took all of our credits and then booted us all out of the fleet. And now we have nothing. So he's trying to make sure that you're approaching this in the game. If you want to complain about someone's behavior as a fleet leader or a guild leader or a squadron leader, you have to frame it in an in-universe way. So, like, if a guy is just being a jerk in real life, I don't know that you're going to get any attention from the Independent Arbitrators Guild because you should have known better. But if in the universe itself what he's done is fraudulent, speaking of, you know, in, in, being in the game, if he's done something naughty that would be punishable under UEE law or fraudulent in the terms of I'm a space pilot, he's a space pilot, then you might get some action. See, I, I don't get that at all. Here's the thing. What is an arbitrator? An arbitrator is just a mediator between two people having disputes. There's a difference. The arbitrator has the say. He's like, boom, it's done. A mediator tries to make everybody come together, and maybe you come together, maybe you don't. But an arbitrator is going to decide. That may be true, and I buy that because, you know, uh, there's a lot of different reasons why you would have an arbitrator over a mediator. However, they still get two parties together and mediate some type of resolution, even if they decide that resolution is going to be. Yeah, you could both get to have your say. You know, you both have a chance to have your say in front of the arbitrator. But, you know, at the, in the end, the arbitrator is going to make a decision and you're both stuck with it. But he's not the police force. No. He's not going to go out and bust you because you broke UE law. No, he's going to he's going to drag you both in front of him and he's, there will be fines. Because that's what this is about, right? You know, you contributed something to a guild, credits or supplies or something, and you didn't get back what you thought was fair because he kicked you out or whatever. So there's going to be some sort of adjustment in somebody's credit balance or in their inventory slots or something. Either the guild's going to cough up some stuff, give it back to the player, or the arbitrator's going to say, sorry, bud, you took your chances, and, you know, this but is But really, isn't that between you're... the guild and the player? Right, and that's why this is weird. That's why this is odd to me and curious and uh, yeah, kind of I mean, interesting. Kind of interesting, but I'm not joining another country, right? I'm playing a game and I play right. the game with a bunch of my friends. And yes, my friends and I have disputes that sometimes and sometimes they don't. But I'll be damned if some third party who doesn't know our situation, background or history to come in and say, hmm, thou owes such and such 40 million UEC credits because you spanked him wrong. Right. I think that's what this is. And I think what's weird about it is that you got to do it in-universe, right? You have to be in the Chris Roberts universe in order to make your case. Yeah, but I, th I think the difference here is it's, we've got the criminal element of law enforcement in the game through the advocacy. And this is the civil branch of the law right. enforcement, for want of a much, much better term there. So what Jeff was saying there about having mates and one of them does something to tick you off or whatever, that's all well and good because you're just playing in-game. Yeah, one of your guys was a bit of an idiot and happened to pick up the cargo that you should have had, whatever, that's all good. I think this is for the in-game equivalent of suing somebody. So yeah. it's mm -hmm. not necessarily to offer protection against your friends and for, to get some a third party in to enforce a ruling. It's more if 
let's just say, you know, we're all heads of guard frequency uh, response. And mm-hmm. in the best possible intentions, we bring somebody on board. They seem like a really decent guy. They work their way up through the ranks. And then one day we find our guild bank is completely empty and they're nowhere to be seen. Right. It's to protect against that. It's so that we have a way of bringing that action in game to a civil right. a civil court. Yes. And I'm surprised that no other game, you know, looking at things like EVE Online, which is just full of corporation espionage and, and theft, you know, there's obviously you've got the in-universe police force in EVE, which is Concord, which is you know kind of similar to the advocacy. But again, there mm-hmm. is no civil branch of the law. And so, yeah, I think this is actually pretty cool. And I can't wait to actually see it in action. And I think it would also be really cool that your official job, you know, this is a staffed position. So what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a space judge. <laughs> Darn. Yeah, you know, I hadn't thought of it up. that way. Hell, sign me up. Yeah. This. Yeah, you'd need. Hey, you'd be uh, good hey, at hey, it. hey, CIG, if you're listening, if you're C- if you're listening out there, consider this my application. Yeah, I, I'll do this I nominate job for you. Tony. Tony would be perfect at this job. Ooh, especially if you really do have to be a role player, because then I could get the powdered wig. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd have I'd an excuse totally. for owning it. Let's yeah. I'd have an excuse for owning. It. I mean, I would buy it anyway, <laughs> obviously, but I would have a good excuse for actually owning. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it would also make sense why you keep running around shouting at me and Jeff. I object every ten seconds. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> it would just cover up a lot of aberrant behavior that I do. Currently. <laughs> yes, that's probably more like it, yeah. So so what do I have to do to become an advocate? I was thinking about, uh, you know, appearing before his honor is the best. Uh, <laughs> you want to be a space you, lawyer. <laughs> he wants to be. He wants a wig, too. He wants a wig, too. Well, the full GamesCon presentation is now available online for your viewing pleasure. Approximately an hour long, this video brings you all the best bits of the show. Letting you get caught up on everything that's going to be coming our way in the not-too-distant future. Although we covered a lot of this last week, there are a few little tidbits that are worth highlighting that we didn't get a chance to cover. First, it turns out that hangers are no longer tied to pledge amounts, and they're purely an aesthetic thing. However, this does mean that your choice of hanger will determine your starting location, as you won't be able to have the crappy-looking hangers anywhere but the fringe worlds, as the core worlds, Earth and Terra, are all super squeaky clean. So you'll only find Ravel in York and Aerotech. In addition, there are a few extra bits that we want to make you aware of. Patch 0.9 will allow private matches through friend codes. There is a full six degrees of freedom coming, so strafing will be available without entering decoupled mode. A new overdrive feature for maneuvering jets, which will burn through your fuel but will make you turn tighter a bit like an afterburner. You'll finally be able to customize the controls. The Vandal Swarm mode will be getting a co-op edition. And the M50 and 350R will be flight ready. Woohoo! Yes! Yeah, looking forward to your M50 then. Oh, I, I'm looking forward to my 350 boys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, you and me are going to race then. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on. It's on, buddy. I got a 300i. I'm hoping that that will. No, we're going to leave you in the dust. Yeah, just, we'll just, stay. We'll just, leave you just don't even try. Just, yeah. just stay there. You you can ref. You can you can hold the checkered flag and see who wins. Awesome. So, uh, <laughs> now that we've got most. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's Yay. great. <laughs> Gummy, I got a flag. <laughs> so now that we've got everything out of Gamescom, what are your favorite bits to come out of it? Racing. I'm psyched for the racing bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm psyched for racing too, but I'm, I'm more psyched that uh, finally we'll be able to do some private matches and friend yes. codes. That yes, that, that, that was the other. Cooperative tactics. Yeah. I, I'm really looking yeah. forward to strafing without decoupling as well. 
Yeah, that was missing. I really do think mm. that was missing. Even atmospherically, if you just kind of tap your rudder a little bit, you'll slide back and forth. So that was really missing from the game controls before now. So, yep, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. I'm not liking the afterburner maneuvering jets, though. I am not liking that really much at all. That's like putting the slide on your Acura. You yeah, know? but my point is, is that aren't the thrusters all the way dialed up already? I mean, isn't that the point of having those maneuvering thrusters rated at TR2 or TR3 or whatever? That it's only capable of delivering X amount of whatever? I mean, this is more maybe more of a persistent universe thing. I would like for them to, like, totally mangle your thrusters when you do this, though. I mean, it needs to, like, shorten the lifespan of these things, something awful. Because the whole point of those maneuvering thrusters is that they're only capable of delivering so much thrust. And that's why they're rated a certain way. So if you're going to be able, if they're going to allow you to push more fuel through them, that really should tear them to pieces. Yeah, I understand it's like a handbrake turn, but that really screws up your brakes. I think it was in 10 for the chairman, they were saying about the ship maintenance and level of damage state. So you can be able to look at a ship and see what condition it's in. So it wouldn't surprise me if you constantly run afterburner and overdrive, your engines are bound to get just run out and ruined, surely. I hope so. Yeah. yeah, and it does look like that. I'm going to be moving to the Magna system because I really like the crappy hangar for the multi-crewed multiplayer thing. And I know that this isn't coming in patch 0.9, but it was... Oh, don't talk GameStop. about it. You just make me sad. I'm sorry. Sad yeah. so I have a question, though. I have a question. Uh, okay, all right. What's your question? In the video that we saw, it was the Constellation versus the Hornets. Are you going to be able to single play in the Hornets as well? So will that be complete huh? player versus player? What do you mean? Well, we know that it's going to be multi-crewed on the Constellation, but are right. the Hornets going to be AI? Oh, I'm, just, I'm sure that you can player versus player with the Hornets. I'm, okay. I, I mean, it's going to depend on the match type, I suppose. And you've but got a constellation, don't you? Uh, I have a constellation. Uh, yes. and I have a constellation. Hornet. And, and yeah. I am so. saving my shekels to do the upgrade to the Phoenix, so I will have a luxury car. Which apparently is all gone. They'll do another run. I'm saving They'll they be back. It'll, they will. They'll be back. It'll be back. I want to know more about the defense system, the point defense system. The point defense system, is that something mm-hmm. unique to the Constellation class, or is no, that a Class 9 turret? That's the Class 9 turret. Right, okay. And, and, and we talked about it a little bit before, I think, because the Idris is supposed to have them, too, yeah. and the 890 Jump, those are supposed to have them, too. So I, I'm, I'm just real curious to see what that's going to be, because, you know, they've always said, you know, your NPCs are not going to be super awesome, you know, a player should be, you know, Better. superior to, yeah, to, to anything an NPC could do, but now in the universe you're giving a computer control of the point defense system is that going to be better than a human then you know and i know that we've heard in a couple of our interviews that the ai is very flexible they can make it as smart or as dumb as the uh, situation calls for but i just want to know how far they're going to knock over the smart slider on the uh, ai so Hmm. it's gonna be interesting i think i'd be fine if i were just able to set it to like a mode maybe so if it's like you know missile intercept mode or something like that and it'll just track and take out missiles because you're able to tell when you've got a missile lock so mm-hmm. it shouldn't be too much of a stretch to figure out where that lock is and to try and shoot it down well we'll, we'll see what i was really disappointed in hearing was that they were going to be at pax australia but they weren't yes. going to be at pax seattle which was the beginning of all pax expos you know pax started in seattle speaking of pax australia though around the verse episode 10 was released and gives us the best from the community and bringing us one step closer to the folks making the game this week we learned that cig are going to do a small event in la for the crowdfunding launch anniversary previously citizen con and that'll be live streamed but their next big event will be, as mentioned, during PAX Australia, and there will be a few surprises. Hmm. What could they have as a surprise? Hmm. Rampant speculation time. 
Okay, um, FPS. They're going to have something ready for the FPS. Well, we kind of know that's coming, so I'm hoping that there'll be another surprise along with it. Multiplayer. multiplayer. Oh, Oh, well, that might be too much to hope for. Don't even say things like that. That's too well, much. Well, you said that's true. We did. We did. The London call for rampant speculation, but it'll it break my heart. It'll break my heart if it's it's like maybe it'll be like they'll they're ready to sort of demo. Well, they did demo it. See, mm-hmm. the reason I was talking about FPS is that they didn't really demo the FPS. We didn't get a look at what your HUD looks like. They didn't get a look at switching weapons and stuff like that. They just had like a little cutscene. That's why I'm thinking maybe we have more of a demo of FPS at PAX Australia. But I don't. I, they actually demoed multiplayer at Gamescom, so maybe, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. they'll have a date for us on version one, which should include the multi-crew ships. Maybe that's what they'll have for us. Mm-hmm. That would be no, good. I can't, hmm. I can't think about it. It's too much. It's too much. Because if I don't have it soon, I'm gonna cry. But now it's time for news. We news. And for the chairman, episode 34, featuring bar brawls, freight units, and interest rates. Fun. The Gladiator made it into popular science magazine, proving that Star Citizen is not just popular science fiction. Observe is dark, spider, cathcart, where safety is not guaranteed. And the work in progress gallery of the Redeemer, Four Horsemen's TNGS winning design. And, of course, we can't be forgetting this week's community question. If you were a betting man or a betting woman, what would you put money on as being the surprise or surprises coming to us from PAX Australia? Let us know by commenting on this week's show post on the Guard Frequency website or on our show's weekly forum thread at robspaceindustries.com. And now you're all caught up with everything that's happening around the verse, let's all learn about our space neighbours, the Banu, in this week's Nuggets for Nuggets. You have all flown before, but you're about to enter a whole new world, so pay attention. That means get on your feet, Nuggets! Hello, Sits and Sivs, and welcome to Nuggets for Nuggets, where we like to delve into the guts of Star Citizen and give you all the gory details from the inside out. A fair warning up front, though, this game is still in active development, so everything that we say is subject to change. This week, we're going to be finding out more about our space neighbours as we discuss the Banu. The Banu are humanity's first interstellar friends, initially discovered by a nav jumper named Vernon Tarr, who was out exploring and nearly started a war by taking a shot at the Banu pilot. In his defence, he didn't know it was a Banu pilot at the time, but this pilot, as it turns out, was on the run from local officials for embezzling funds. So in the interest of interstellar relations, as well as a need to cover his own ass, humanity made a new friend. Once our two civilizations came together and signed the first interstellar peace and trade accord, we began to trade technology and help each other expand in the universe. From there, the Banu established the Banu Protectorate, a republic made of a loose collection of planet states, each run under its own political system. The leaders or selected representatives of each planet will gather for a quorum to discuss and debate legal and trade issues that affect the entire species. Otherwise, each planet is left to their own devices to succeed or fail. This does mean that there is a lot of crime in the Banu Protectorate. The lack of communication between the various planet states means that criminals can simply hop from world to world when their current world becomes just a bit too hot for them to operate in. And since the UEE, and even the advocacy, is forbidden to pursue criminals over borders, the Banu Protectorate is a haven for UEE criminals. If any attempt is made to reclaim fugitives through official channels, very few of the Banu planets will extradite any fugitives found on their surface. 
For those of you that are playing along at home and keeping track of how Star Citizen mirrors real-life history, this is essentially a mirror of the Holy Roman Empire, which, for those of you not familiar with European history, was neither holy nor, in fact, was it Roman, but was a loose collection of fiefdoms and kingdoms and duchies and so forth that eventually went on to form what we now call Germany, and it was so named because it was considered to be the spiritual successor to the Roman Empire. But back to the Banu. The Banu are traitors, the culture hounds of the universe. Their planets are varied and colorful. Many tales of intrigue start in the murky back alleys of Banu cities. Their current homeworld is believed to be Bacchus, at least according to the UEE, as this is where the Banu convene for their quorum, which doesn't happen all that often. As each planet in the Banu Protectorate operates fairly autonomously, the Banu don't have a dedicated standing army, but don't be fooled, they can pull together a formidable fighting force if needed. The Banu militia keeps the relative peace on a day-to-day -day basis within their systems. This militia operates on a rotational basis, drawing volunteers, including some criminals, from the various inhabited planets within the system to keep an eye on things in space. To call their approach to law enforcement fast and loose is an understatement. There was quite yeah. an interesting part when I was doing the research for this that said that because the advocacy aren't allowed to chase across the border, that they will usually hire random people that happen to be going the way that they need to pick somebody up, and they might just include a bit of danger money, you know, because you might get shot at if you try and effectively kidnap someone, but then all the charges will be dropped once they have somebody who might just happen to be a criminal back in UEE space. So there is definitely going to be an option to do that, and I reckon that's where the bounty hunting is going to come in. Yeah, I imagine that the bounty hunting side of things are going to be very hot on just over the border from the UEE on the Banu side. I think that's going to be probably where a lot of that's going to happen. I mean, and just if you think about it dynamically, the Banu are traitors, right? So what do they care if a human wants to pick up another human? You just need to make sure that the right palms are greased on the Banu side. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, that guy's bad over on the other side. Yeah, that's cool. Get him out of here. Just pay your transfer fee and have a nice day. Yeah, and even information so has I think, a price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that it's good gameplay to have a group like this out there where – like I said, everything has its price, and the PvP aspect of it, I think, would be is going to be a lot of fun. It's not quite as overtly dangerous as Vanduul space because you know the Vanduul just wants to murder everything. The Banu were like, well, maybe we don't mind if you get murdered, but uh, we'd, we'd like to keep things you know more or less orderly. So if you want to murder people and kidnap them, you just need to make sure you are properly registered. For murdering and kidnapping. Yeah, my only concern is that I, I really hope that the Banu don't end up getting sort of pigeonholed and that the only time we ever see them is in a trade capacity. Like, um, the, the best thing I can really equate it to is like the Klingons in Star Trek. They're just so honor bound that even in circumstances where it doesn't make sense to be just pure warrior and honor bound, like, how the hell did they invent warp drive? You know, I just hope that the Banu don't end up being, oh, yeah, these are traders. So that's the only role you ever see them in. Yeah, I can see that being a, a point, but I also think that they, they'll probably be in on the political side of things too, because you know theoretically we're in the Roman Empire, the last days of the Roman Empire, and there'll be there'll be tensions uh, internally politically where the Banu are already fragmented, right? Yeah. But the UEE is going from this singular solidified mass to something more fragmented. So I think you'll probably see the Banu on the political side too. Hey, you know, you're being like us now. Cool. You know, we don't mind you fragmenting because that just makes the trading more fun. We might see them doing more of that, assisting in the process of there being more decision points within the UEE. Next week, we're going to be putting you in the pilot seat yet again as we're running another ship poll to find out what ships you would most like us to talk about next. Head on over to guardfrequency.com slash 035 and make your vote count. 
Are you new to the verse and need a bit of advice? Is there a tidbit of lore some sit or sieve taught you that we all should know? Let us know by dropping us an email at squawk at guardfrequency.com. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K. But for now, let's turn into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! Coming to us from our show post at guardfrequency.com, VT Kegger writes in and says, I'm hardly able to contain my excitement about the Constellation and the multiplayer teaser video about the multi-crew ship. Bought the Phoenix, I just couldn't help it. Is it bad that I also want the Aquila? That glass is just so... Words fail me. I also adored the animation of the sensor ray on the top. A friend of mine and I have been taking a break from making the Bengal carrier in Space Engineers, and I've made a nice asteroid hanger for which to build all the Constellation variants in. I don't have a tidy little album for you yet, but here's a link to my screenshots, and the link will be in the show notes, because if you guys haven't checked this out yet, you need to. VT Kegger and uh, one of his friends, like his name escapes me right now, how they find the time to do this, I do not know. They clearly need to eat at some time. Too much time on their hands. It's got huh? working missile arms. It does. It does. It's it got opening so and closing weak. missile arms. That's kind of cool. Sean Newboy says, Love this show, everyone. I don't know what was cooler, the FPS trailer or the Constellation commercial. I can honestly say the Constellation commercial was better. <laughs> it was longer. That's <laughs> for sure. The FPS trailer, I think, was, I mean, it was just a tease. Like I said, I'm hoping that PAX Australia, they have more of a demo of it. They'll show you the, the inside of your helmet and some of the weapons mechanics and stuff. So... Yeah, good times, good times. Berserker01, as usual, great show. And your comments here and on Galactic Inquiry make me feel like I'm listening to professional news show with enough fun injected to make it both interesting and amusing. I think that the idea of only allowing people to buy new ships with hard currency is a terrible one. See, he started off so well. I know. It would start a riot with the backers and a mass demand for refunds as it turns the game into a pay-to-win one, i.e. the only way to get a new Idris is to fork over real money. That would ruin not only the gameplay, but the balance as well, and generally would put CIG and Chris Roberts in the black book of gaming history. No PC gamer would trust him ever again after he repeatedly said he was not going for this type of gaming model. There is a way to stop gold farming, but that idea isn't it. This is what happens. Someone buys a ship and then puts it into the marketplace for EC because he doesn't want to spend time earning UEC. You turn off the part of the Voyager Direct Store where you turn where you put cash in directly, and the only way you can get cash directly from the outside into the game is by buying a ship on the website and selling it in the game for UEC. That breaks the link from direct cash to UEC, but there still is a path in there, and that path is buy a ship, sell it for UEC. That takes care of the people with too much money and not enough time. The people with too much time and not enough money can buy the ships that they want by going through and doing missions. They earn the UEC, they go to the exchange, boom, there's a ship that they want. They buy it off the exchange. Chris Roberts and the team can manipulate the prices of those ships by just tippity-tapping here. I'm going to make editing sounds. That was me editing a database and just creating four constellations because people aren't buying enough constellations from the store and selling them on the exchange. So they can do all the things they need to do, cut off the gold farmers because there won't be any reason for the gold farmers to be out there because there won't be any direct currency purchases for them to compete with. Uh, still, I'm standing behind this one. Well, Lennon, want to Lennon, point out it, can, I, can I get the uh, remove the soapbox audio, please? 
But take it out from under his feet. <laughs> you take it out from under my feet. <laughs> uh, just yeah, just uh, here, I'll, I'll, I'll provide you with the proper with the proper sound effect for me falling down. <laughs> okay, there we go. Nicely done, Jeffrey. Nicely done. From our Guard Frequency Facebook page, Brian Vardes Cassiman, and I'm really sorry because I've probably butchered your name there, says, I think the Gladiator's purpose in Guard Frequency will be as a standoff escort. I mean, imagine you get a call out about an Idris attacking a freight convoy, and you don't have anything but rescue ships and maybe heavy fighters. Thankfully, you then have a squadron of four Gladiators show up, and the Idris starts withdrawal on the mere threat of torpedoes. Not a bad plan. Not, Not a bad, a bad plan. plan. I like it. I like it too. From our amazing donors of monetary goodness, we had a donation of $1. This allowed Lennon to watch the site crumble as it tried to email a receipt. This should be fixed now. We apologize to the gracious donors who tried to give and the site wouldn't let them. And we thank them for letting us know about the problem. We think it works now and encourage everyone to give it a try to make sure. Yeah, oh, yes, I, please do. Please do. Um, I, I do want to give an apology, though, to anybody who has donated and then received an absolute torrented abuse of spam from our donation widget um short version there was uh, somebody who donated just simply a dollar you know the monetary amount's not important but it was this particular one that donated a dollar and the server just just went crazy trying to send them a receipt and the website fell over and everybody received about 70 emails and i'm so sorry um but hey, like we keep saying week after week, this is a labor of love and sometimes these things happen, unfortunately. So yes, thanks for bearing with us. And if your donation didn't go through, then please, please try again. And if it did go through, please try again. <laughs> And just a reminder of our community question, if you were a betting man or a betting woman, what would you be putting money on as being the surprise or surprises coming to us from PAX Australia? You can let us know by commenting beneath this show's post on girlfrequency.com or over on our weekly forum thread of the Rubber Space Industries fansite subforum. So, how was the show? Do you agree with our opinions or was I wrong again? And if I was wrong again, I will get it back up on my soapbox, which Jeff can then pull out from under me. Either way, let us know. Here are some ways you can get in touch with us. Check out our forum post at forums.robertspaceindustries.com. You can leave a comment on this episode's show notes at guardfrequency.com, and you can subscribe to us at feeds.guardfrequency.com, or just do a search for us on iTunes. And you can hit us up on Twitter at GuardFreak, or leave a comment and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash GuardFreak. And if you're old school like us, shoot us an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so take a minute and tell us what's on your mind. But before we go, we want to let you know that Guard Frequency had to reschedule their visit to the Dev's Lair at Manchester, Foundry 42's headquarters. Lennon will be rescheduling that to meet with Aaron Roberts and the team, but we want to take your questions with us. So we've got a little more time. If there's anything you want to know about capital ships or the Squadron 42, not the story, they're not going to give anything away, but anything about the mechanics of the ships that we're going to find uh, in the story or what's coming with those mechanics for the seat actions and so on, let us know. Post up on our website, guardfrequency.com, or hit us up on our show's thread at forums.robertspaceindustries.com. And that brings us to the end of Episode 35 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with Episode 36 on September 2nd. So be sure to keep an eye out for our shows over at guardfrequency.com or the official Robert Space Industries fan site subform. Please send us your feedback about the show. Aside from all the ways that we've just ran down in the feedback loop, you can also use the contact form that's on our website, and all of the details for all the ways you can get in touch with us will be found in the show notes. Do you like what we do? Want to come help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? 
Well, if so, just send a note to squawk at guardfrequency.com. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K. Are you looking for a buddy or two to fly wing with you in the verse? Well, why not check out our organization, Guard Frequency Response, at the official RSI website, robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash guardfreak. And if you're not doing anything Saturday nights, then you should come and join us live at guardfrequency.com forward slash live. We start recording around 8 p.m. Central. That's about 2 a.m. Sunday's GMT. We would like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Loanmaster, and our artist, Simon Charlton Edwards. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Squawk 7700. Stay on the guard. My tongue is starting to go really numb. Way too much cough syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking for a friendly wingman or two? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I wasn't kidding. <laughs> you aren't kidding. You do a little well, at least you didn't trip over wingman every time. We would think like blah, 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 blah. That they're purely an ass. Uh, and they're purely an ass. Purely an ass. Okay. They're there. They're there. It, it'll be okay. Oh. All right. I feel better. Thank you, Lana. I'm it's much okay. comforted. Random voice on the internet from a guy. 4,000 miles it's away. It's the Britishness, isn't it? It is. It really is. I could, yes. I could have been saying anything to you and it would have been comforting. It would have been. <laughs> Come on, Tony. We're smart. It's, it's never going to happen. It's never... <sighs> you, this game will never be made. It will never be finished. <sighs> just feel the tension. Just, just you will like, never just amount to anything in life. That's, just give up now. <laughs> well, what, what, what job are you going to do at CIG Lennon? You haven't... You haven't uh, yeah, I, I don't you, know. There's no job for Huey here yet. But no. yeah, what, what could I do for CIG? Um, I, I, I'm going to go for voiceover artist. Because, you know... Oh, that's you've got, good. You've got that sort of British guy who says things like, warning, you are approaching simulation boundary. And... You could pull that off. I could. I just did. You could. In fact, CIG, just, just I'll send you that alone. It'll be fine. Although, Cut that out, then I'd probably you. have to go sexy cockpit voice as well when I, like, you know... Anvil Aerospace and you know stuff like that. No, you should be. You should. Uh, they haven't. They have. We haven't. We haven't had a manufacturer from Drake yet. You should be like, hey, stop, stop flying that way. <laughs> uh, Drake Aerospace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the warning sounds could be ukulele chords. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, what a combination, man! This is probably I think why that's <laughs> yeah, just a little bit of yodeling. Oh, sorry, I just punched the microphone there. I got so excited. I was just like, wow, let's just punch it's the It's an exciting idea. It's an exciting idea. I think so. So we have the pirate. You do your pirate voice as as the Drake cockpit uh, voice, and then their warnings are going to be like ukulele chords. Uh, yeah, I think this is a winner. <laughs> this is bold and in different direction, but so, I think you know, it could work. We've said time and time again, we love the game that we're making. We I do. wish to redact that statement. I do. I no longer <laughs> like it. <laughs> It scares me, and I need an adult. You don't like this idea? In fact, you could you could do 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 bits of the theme from Deliverance. That's like your that's like your that's like your hostile contact warning. Ding 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 ding. Uh oh. So let me get this. Let me get this straight. Drake has a pirated voice, 
ukulele chords for warning systems chords from deliverance as as part of that warning system as well so what what are we appealing to here the pirate hill billy market is that what we're going for i think it's bigger than you might imagine the I pirate really hill billy that, market I, I really think that's out there it's an underserved segment <laughs> it's an underserved demographic we really need to focus more attention on that <laughs> i have no idea how i'm going to cut this to make it make sense <laughs> well just cut it all put it in a blooper reel